You're listening to Damage Boost, the best gaming podcast you've ever heard, as long as you've never heard another gaming podcast. On the show, I'll be talking to other players, streamers, artists, and creators about what makes gaming more than a hobby, but a beautiful art and an activity that brings communities together around the world. Let's jump into it. Welcome to Damage Boost. I'm your host, Brock Holiday, And today I have the founder of After the Hype, the lead voice of the Venture Brothers podcast, the man who does the intro to Demon Days, producer on Sam Wise, and one of the people I've had the most fun working with in my entire adult life, Brian Dressel. <laughs> Hi! That is the nicest intro I've ever received. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for those who don't know the Venture Brothers podcast, I've been researching on it for over a year now for you guys, I think. Yeah, over a year, I'd say for sure. I mean, we're almost done with season four. I've lost track of how many episodes that is, but it's definitely over a year for sure. <laughs> and um, we found each other through Reddit, of all places, where it didn't turn out to be a creepy uh, <laughs> meetup in any way. Yeah, I've actually found a, a few people that way. It's been kind of weird. Like, uh, I never thought Reddit would be the place to meet people. <laughs> it, it, yeah, you wouldn't think it would, especially as well as everything's worked out. It, yeah. It's, like I said, it's been, for me, it, you've helped me start taking steps towards my dream. <laughs> I love the Venture Brothers. I did uh, a few episodes with you guys, and I wasn't great, but you still oh, you kept giving me chances. <laughs> I've never been no more nervous in my life. And then when I brought up that I wanted to try to do my own, you know, it wasn't a, well, you kind of sucked when you were with us. <laughs> you gave me a, yeah, go for it. And, you know, I've had a lot of fun. Reached out to people that I considered stars or celebrities or in, in the gaming world or YouTubing world and got to do interviews with them and kind of form friendships. So it's, you know, you gave me that push and I, I really appreciate it. Well, you did all the work. All I did was say, sure, go for it. So it was all you, buddy. <laughs> I mean, heck, that's... I mean, today we're going to talk about gaming and being a parent and sometimes just saying, hey, you can do it is all you need to do to give people that confidence. That's true. Uh, I also didn't think it would be possible at all, and I've been making it work somewhat. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> so tell me what your life was like. And you don't... Obviously, you don't have to give too many details about you know, your own kid, but... Life, your gaming life before having a baby, and what it's like now, uh, almost a year into that. Uh, I'll even take it one step further back, if you don't mind. And it's uh, yeah. like pre-marriage, then marriage, then baby. Because it's like less and less gaming each step along the way. <laughs> um, and that's not a problem. Like, I'm replacing gaming with wonderful things, but it is kind of weird going from like, this is where I spend all of my time, like, probably too much. Like, I went to film school. I wanted to make movies and TV shows, and I never really did much of that because I spent too much fucking time playing video games. I made a web series that did okay. I did some shorts that were okay. I didn't really get anywhere with it because I always spend too much of my time just glued to my fucking controller and playing whatever game I had. And then I met my wife, Chewy, who is the most wonderful person in the entire world, and it's like... I don't need to play games all the time. I can hang out with you. And I just kind of cut it back significantly. 
And then I was kind of happy with that. Like, I'd have social time and game time, and I'd try to, like, kind of keep it half and half. And then we got pregnant. And then throughout pregnancy, I'm like, I'm going to play as much as I can now, because I'm pretty sure this is this ship has sailed <laughs> once he shows up. And uh, I'd say the first three months, I was spot on. Uh, solid three to four months of I barely touched a controller just because there was no time. And when you had time, you slept. And... Uh, that was fine, but I definitely noticed how much I missed it, which I thought was interesting. Like, I thought I'd have more of a, oh, yeah, you know, like, this is my life now, so I don't really miss gaming. Like, that was a part of, like, my childhood, if you will. Like, my pre-parent was, like, childhood, and then parent is now I'm an adult, and I, I thought I'd be more okay with it, and I just haven't been. Like, I, I missed it terribly, and I just basically wanted to find time in my day to do it. And it was either nap times, because I've been a stay-at-home dad since he was born. I don't actually, I'm, I don't know when this episode's going to come out, but I'll probably be working by then, because I finally got a job. Hooray! Um, but I'd either try to do it during nap time, or I'd try to do it after he goes to bed at night. Um, but then again, like once he goes to bed at night, it's like, oh, I'd also like to hang out with my wife, who's also been knee-deep in diapers all day with me. So it's... It's definitely been a lot less, but it does make those times I sit down better in a way because like I can really just kind of enjoy what I'm doing. Um, but I, I think the biggest thing is there's certain games I just can't play anymore. I just don't have time for them. And that's, I think, the, the biggest... I want to say disappointment, but that's not what I mean because it's... Again, I'd much rather be a dad and not be able to play those games than play those games. But it is kind of like I, I miss them a little bit. Uh, for me, it was a little bit different path. Uh, I became a stepdad before I had babies, so I had a essentially a nine nine month old when I started. So, but we you know we started dating, so I still lived on my own, so I didn't have to worry as much. Oh, that's about different. <laughs> sacri- you know, sacrificing time to start because I was still living. I left lived an hour away. You know, I would come spend as much time as I could with him and with her. You know, go back home and have a, you know, I was essentially a week to myself. And at the time I was working on a golf course because it was, I graduated right after the uh, recession hit. Okay. And so there was, there was just no work. So I'd work five to one in the afternoon, play video games till 10 o'clock at night, go to bed, get up for work. And it was fine. And, you know, it was, but uh, kind of similar to what you said, I probably did it too much. I probably could have worked harder to find a different job. I probably could have worked harder to be pursuing a dream like I am now when I really don't have the time to do it. <laughs> and then uh, eventually we moved in together and I, like we got pregnant, but we had, it was twins. Woo. So <laughs> I did, uh, I actually ended up playing less because I had to take a second shift job to pay the bills and a factory. So when I was awake, I would see my kid, my uh, my oldest, as long as I could. See her, as long as I could. Sleep, go to work. Then we had the babies, and this is where I figured out how, where I could sneak in gaming. My old, uh, for the first month, they would go. My oldest would go to a babysitter, and I would have my twins and feed them their bottles on a rock or on a lazy boy, and I'd rock them in the lazy boy on each of my hips. Or like thighs and kind of nuzzle it into the arms of the chair, and they'd fall asleep, and I just kind of pull the controller up, and while they were sleeping, 
is start playing a game for about 45 minutes. And I, I would basically play when they nap because I did the stay at home dad thing for almost three years. Oh, wow. So nap time was like, oh my God, like I just watched three kids for five hours. Here's my, my break. And that's kind of how I adjusted to it. Um, but as they've gotten older, I, I play a little bit more because now I'm starting to introduce them into games. Uh, but they're, we've switched from, I was playing, you know, growing up, or my 20s, Gears of War, Mass Effect, all that. And now I'm playing Super Mario, you know, Yoshi's Crafted World, Kirby, which, and they're amazing games. I'm actually kind of glad that I had to shift this way because, you know, right now Nintendo Switch is knocking it out of the park with all their content. Much better than Xbox and PlayStation, I think, to, at a certain degree. Uh, have you had to adjust what you play? Like, do you think with I know yours is your your child's younger than mine? Are you worried about like him seeing certain things that you're playing? I mean, I am and I'm not. Like, uh, my son is uh, he he's definitely interested in whatever screen lights up. Like, if uh, if he was if he was awake right now and I he saw like even the waveform on like my audio recording, he'd be going nuts by that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he's still young enough where he doesn't fully understand what he's seeing, especially because all the games I play. Like, I, I just finished, uh, like, two days ago, I finished the PS4 God of War, which was fantastic, and I'm really glad that I did it. And I think being a dad and playing that game makes it, like, that much more intense of, like, whoa, the tears in the feels. Um, <laughs> but it's just such a well-made game. But I think it would bother me more, possibly, about what he saw and what he didn't see. Um if I just did it more around him, like I just don't really play that much around him anymore. Like if he's awake, I don't really want to be playing video games because he's too young to do it. And I don't really want to do it around him. I don't really want to do anything that he can't do because it doesn't feel worth it. Um, I think when he gets older, I'll probably take a cue from your or a page from your book and go with a younger system. But I haven't owned a Nintendo system since the 64. Like it's been a long time since I've really gone. And oh, that's not true. I did have a DS, but I, I only really played it for, um, the world ends with you, which is now on Switch. So if you've never played it, play that game. It is so good. Um, but uh, yeah, like so, I'm not too concerned about it now. I know the only time I really felt bad about playing a game with Corin around was uh, he had to be like all of three months old, and it was just during that time when he just would not go to bed, no matter how badly we wanted him to. But he'd fall asleep yep. on us. Uh, so it's like, all right, well then, all right, honey, you go to bed. I'll stay up with the kid, and uh, I'll give him a bottle and whatnot, and we'll just see if we can get him to go to bed. And I would just sit on the couch and have him one arm just completely knocked out and playing. Uh, I think at the time I was playing Wolfenstein. Um, I think it was Colossus Two. I want to say Wolfenstein Two, uh, or whatever the hell that subtitle was. And uh, I'm just in the middle of just mowing down zombies with like dual wielding like huge assault weapons and they're just exploding into blood guts and bone and just craziness and i look down and my son is just totally awake just staring at the screen i'm like ooh, (laughs) that feels like a bad parenting moment (laughs) other than that i i I haven't felt too bad (laughs) i say i think the only i my similar issue or experience with that was uh they were probably around six to twelve months, and I was playing a Fallout, uh, playing through the Fallout series again, and that game can be kind of mild, or it can be incredibly graphic, and then have them waddling in 
because they were in the other room with mom and seeing someone, me going into vats and hitting someone's head and explode. It's oh, like, yeah. yeah, I probably should just wait till they're like in bed for the night to play this game. <laughs> yeah, usually it doesn't really bother me because I, I don't really like, I'm not a pediatrician by any stretch. I'm not a, a doctor, so I don't know how much they're actually absorbing, but I like to err on the side of maybe I shouldn't play the most violent games known to man around the baby. Um, but even if they're not the most violent, especially when they're under like certain ages, I still feel bad turning it on, even if it isn't violent. Even if I was playing like, you know, like a, a coloring game, like going back to Mario Paint, I still don't mm. want to do it with him in the room, just because then I'm not paying attention to him. Yeah, I I definitely feel that. Like I said, I I played so much less until they could start playing. Um, like I think our first one, my my middle. He's technically the middle son, but my oldest twin saw, we used to watch YouTubers of Mario, and he saw Mario and Sunshine and thought it was the greatest thing in the world. And so we found an old GameCube and bought Mario Sunshine, and he couldn't really play it, but, you know, I'd sit there with him and help him, and he thought it was the greatest thing in the world. So eventually, when they get to that point, it's it's pretty special, because we're kind of the first generation, really, to grow up playing video games in the home. You know? Yeah. And especially to not give it up. Like, I feel like the, the people who had, like, say, like, the Atari 2600 or something like that, like, the generation just a hair above ours, I feel like they kind of got to high school and set it aside. And then we got there, and it's like, they grew with us. So, like, as we wanted bigger and better things, they got bigger and better that much faster. And it just kind of stuck with us the whole way. So, like, I want, you know, super HD graphics. And it's like, and here's your PS4. Like, we never had to wait. And that was different like technology just sprung so fast and right there with us the whole way so it was kind of nice but it also kind of made us all addicted to video games for me i you know you're obviously a movie guy i enjoy movies but some of the best stories that i think they could experience or we have experienced have been told through video games Uh, i mean you know I would totally agree with you. Like, I am definitely more of a movie person. You listen after the hype. I mean, like, I've made the joke many times. If I had spent half the amount of time studying another language, I could be, like, five language deep right now. But instead, I studied movies. And it's just the biggest waste of memory ever. But I could pull out random facts like nobody's business. But the fact of the matter is, when you're watching a movie, it's a passive experience. Like, no matter how much you get invested in the story and the characters and the the plots and whatnot. You'd have no control over what you're seeing happen. And even in video games, even though most of them are on rails, even the on, like even the open world ones claim to be not on rails, but they still definitely are in some respects. Uh, the fact that you're pushing the button, you're moving the character, you're making the, like the faux decisions. It just gives you so much more agency over that story. So even if the stories are lesser, which I don't think they are, but even if they were, they're more personal. And so they just feel Mm -hmm. that much better of stories, even though they're probably not like in the grand scheme of things. If you were to just like list them out side by side, I'd say movies, TV, video games are all pretty even keel when it comes to like the quality of story. But when it comes to video games, just that you're a part of it, that extra part makes them that much more special. Yeah. The, the, Essentially, whatever you whatever you play a game, in a way, you're represented on screen. Yeah. As opposed to movies and TV, since you're not in control, and if the person doesn't look or feel like you on the the, the movie theater screen or TV screen, 
you you don't get as vested as you do. You know, I could be anybody in a video game and be invested in their story because it's an extension of me at this point. Exactly. And like it it's and it's even more so like you go to movies. I mean, granted we're doing better now, but it's like as far as like equal representation goes, like it was been horrible for decades yeah. and decades and decades. So a lot of kids will go to the movies and just see a blonde white kid up on screen dancing along and it's like that's not me. But in video games, you can change the color slider. You can make the character look like you. You can give them your same haircut. Like it's just, it, it's just so much of a better way to feel represented. And it's, it's not great across the board. Of course, there's still problems. There's a lot of lack of representation of women, and the representation they have is usually kind of gross and skewed to the wrong crowd. But it's getting better, and I think that's really important. That's a uh, just a random side fact. I've been watching a lot of uh, Gears of War. Uh, kind of mini documentary things, and they uh, the creator of Gears of War actually fought to have the the women characters dialed back sexually. And Good. if you notice that they're not like overly curvy, and their armor isn't like only protecting the genitals essentially, like yeah. in a lot of video games. So there's this little side thing and something I thought was actually kind of cool that Gears did. They exaggerate the features of the men, but they don't do that to women. I can't think of any other game that does that actually the the best example i have right now that they're they're doing much better in is mortal Kombat. like you go back to like mk9 from like what was that like five years ago six years ago now yeah. and like you look at sonya blade and she's a fucking ridiculous thing and like that mean that as negative as i can like maybe they used a model and i'm being very mean to somebody out there in which case i apologize but you look at her and it's like she shouldn't be able to stand right now. And then as soon as she takes damage, it's just basically there's like little pieces of cloth covering her nipples and everything is just blown off of her. And then you go to MK11 and she's shaped like a woman. She has a voice like a woman. Like she looks like an actual human being. And it's like, way to go, guys. Like actually own your shit. I'm, they're not, again, they're not perfect across the board, but they're getting better. And I, I think that's, again, I, it's really nice to see. They could do better, of course, but the fact that they're trying is wonderful. Do you remember the Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball game? Uh, I own the first two. <laughs> <laughs> They're surprisingly so, yeah, good we, volleyball games. Like, it's really they, weird. They are very good. <laughs> I never but played the, three. Three got a little too... When they added the VR thing where you could poke them in the butt, I'm like, all right, oh. you found my line. Ugh. Yeah, yeah that, that makes me feel dirty even knowing that exists now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm comfortable like, with that. I, I was listening to, uh, I think it was Beyond, the uh, IGN PS4 podcast, and when they talked about it, I'm like, they did what? Like, come on, Team Ninja. Like, you've made such good games. What are you doing? <sighs> so, uh, to awkwardly segue <laughs> back kind of uh, to what we were talking about, um, part of being a dad is you're getting older. And what? for me, no. I used to... <laughs> apparently uh i've been getting gray in my facial hair and i have been terribly depressed for about three months from it but anyway uh i've noticed things that irritate me about gaming that didn't used to um and it's just games that i don't understand and we talked a little bit uh before we started recording but when fortnite got huge i just got so pissed off and I just felt so old because I was like, I fucking hate this game. This game doesn't make any sense. You know, the, the you can't really aim. Why can you build when you're doing Battle Royale? Like, why don't you play PUBG? That's more of like a real battle game. 
And then I realized these kids, as I work at a high school, these kids are talking about this. They're doing this instead of, you know, going out, drinking, driving, doing other things that could be bad for society. They're just playing games with their friends and living their life. And maybe I shouldn't be such an old asshole about it. <laughs> well, I kind of go, I have two feelings on it. One, I should I should say right up in front, I have not played a single Battle Royale game. They just do not interest me. I think the concept is cool, and that's kind of where I, I drop off. Um, I'm a little, I, I just, I feel like I, I just missed it. Like, it's just something It's like, oh, I could have gotten into it back when it started, and now that I didn't, I don't really want to bother. Um, but the other thing about it that, that, you kind of hit on, and then it's been really bothering me a lot, and it really came to mind uh, back when South Park did an episode kind of on it. Uh, I don't even remember how many seasons ago now. But I don't like... See, when I when I was a kid, I'm going to do the super old man thing and go like, oh, I walked <laughs> 15 miles day. to school. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but when, when we were kids, when... Uh, I'll use the example when GoldenEye came out. It wasn't like, uh, oh, I need to go home and rush to play GoldenEye because it's so much fun. It was, I can't wait to go to my friend Eric's house to play GoldenEye with him. So we could sit there and we could play and have a great time. Um, and screen watch and play as odd jobs, slappers only, all that crazy shit that we all remember. And it was great. And then I noticed now with, like, say, like my younger cousins or uh, just some of my friends I know who have kids, their kids go home and they play Fortnite by themselves and talk to everybody over the internet. And there's something about that loss of the physical connection, like the actual sitting next to your buddy on the couch or the, in the office chair or whatever, that it feels like it's kind of going away if it's not already completely gone. And I, I feel like games like Fortnite and PUBG and even the side night happiness, the one that came out, like a lot of those, I feel like they kind of, they encourage you to not be in the same room with people. And I really don't like that. I definitely agree with that. Uh, when I still live close to my buddies before we all, you know, moved, graduated and you know moved on with our away away from where we all grew up i loved going over there playing even just like mario party uh yeah i'm trying to think uh gears of war had a co-op campaign which you can do all that online now but and uh call of duty when it was still fun before it became whatever it is now but i the dropped one... off at god modern warfare 2 i think was when i dropped off that's that or uh, I think it was the Black Ops one is when I yeah, I quit never made it to buy them. They're, they're yeah they're alright. Yeah. It's Call of Duty. Um, but <laughs> the one thing I do like about the I guess the other side of that coin is I have a friend who lives uh, other side of the country from me. You know another friend that lives two hours away, but we play Smash Brothers all three of us together because we can you know hook up Discord. You know put the put it on online mode for Smash Brothers and get to hang out for two hours like we used to when we were in high school. And it's not the same, you know, that physical being next to your buddy, you know, eating gross old pizza and bags of <laughs> chips. But unfortunately, we, you know, realistically couldn't do that anyway. So, you know, it's the next best thing, too. So it, there's good and bad. There's a good and bad to it. Oh, for sure. I, I think my, my problem with it's more like I'm thinking about my son and like what I want him to be able to experience. And like the idea of him like, Dad, I'm playing with my friends. I'm like, yeah, but they're not here. Like I, you're talking to your friends, sure. But there's just like maybe it's just me being the old guy. I'm like there's just something better about actually being there. Because when you go, I'm tired of this. Let's do something else. Then hangout is over. 
Uh, unless you happen to right. both own the same game, have it both downloaded, both want to switch over to the exact like it's just there's just something kind of lost there, and it's it's just me being an old fogey. I'm totally aware of that, but I do kind of wish that a lot of these games had the ability for local co-op, and some of them do. I'm like, obviously like say uh, Borderlands, I know does. Um, I don't know about the the battle royale games because like I said, they just do not interest me. No matter how much I really want to be interested, they just don't grab me. Uh, I don't think a lot of them have local play, but they might. Um, but yeah, I think that's more of where I come from. Because yeah, I, I play with friends too. Like Especially when Destiny 2 came out, a bunch of my friends got together and like we, we'd go raiding and it was great. And then we all kind of got the story done when, wow, this game kind of sucked, didn't it? And then we stopped playing. <laughs> um, I guess since we're all, you know, this whole episode is about you know being a dad in gaming... For when your son gets older, and it might, I'm not sure how long the the console console life is gonna last for the Switch, but Switch is an awesome in person console. Uh, Mario Party is amazing this year. Super Mario Brothers Deluxe, Yoshi's Crafted World, Kirby Star Allies, um, Mario Tennis is amazing on it. There's so much, uh, and that's probably not even you know getting the tip of the iceberg is. I don't have that much money to buy, you know, that many games. But sure. those are the games that I play with my kids, and they they play or they play with each other because I got three of them. You know, they could right. all play their own game, and it's it's awesome to have to have that experience. Or uh, you know, their grandma grandpa comes over, like grandma grandpa come play Mario Party with us, and then we have the whole family sitting around switching out on Mario Party still. Uh, we had we our house has got a little bit of a bigger living area living room area and after we all opened presents on christmas uh morning we all played mario party for a little while together you're talking about that connection nintendo's where it's at man that's really good to hear like because because i really wanted a switch and then it just came down to like well we also don't want to live in an apartment the rest of our lives and la housing is awful but i i do think that when corin gets a little bit older yeah i'll definitely go nintendo just because nintendo's always where it's been at for kids and they do such a great job with games that adults enjoy them too like there's something really commendable about that it's really really cool nintendo is now that they're allowing third-party games in so you know parents who like don't who aren't into mario which how could you not be like go fuck yourself if you're not yeah but if they're still there you're getting uh like saints saints row three i think is over on it now just like yeah that just games like just launched yeah and so you got it's there's something for everyone now but yeah it's definitely worth the money and i wish i had money i would definitely throw it at you so you could have a switch (laughs) because it's worth it I, uh, uh, for the I, very least, Smash Brothers or Splatoon Two might be the most underrated game. Like I don't hear a lot of people talk about. It. Jesus Christ, that game is fun. Yeah, my friend, uh, my friend, uh, the co-host of After the Hype and the the guy who runs Demon Days, John, uh, he has a Switch and he and his daughter play all the time and they just they just love the hell out of it. And it's a good uh, couples uh, system too. You have a uh, buddy of mine lives in Texas, plays Overcooked with his his wife all the time. Oh, that's fun, uh, and like I, I told you the story about playing Mario Party as a, a family yeah. and all that. So, oh, Mario Kart! I, that's how I figured out one of my kids has an ability to lose gracefully. Is anytime <laughs> one of his brothers would beat him, I'd hear, "Daddy, he didn't let me win." I'm like, "Well, you know, I was gonna win. It's your brothers, and it's fine." So you know, but I wanted to win, <laughs> or he used a blue son. shell on me. 
Look, son, get good. Yeah. <laughs> get good and talk shit better, kid. <laughs> no, they, he, he is a real sweetheart unless he's playing a video game. And then he is the most competitive little soul I've ever seen on a sweet kid. Well, if he's a competitive little soul, give him Dark Souls. See how he does. Oh, man. I did a <laughs> whole episode about Dark Souls and how it oh. destroyed me mentally. Yeah, it'll do that. <laughs> not not to get too deep in that, but like my and I mentioned on the episode, but my best friend, we tried it the third one because you could do co-op, I think, after a yeah. while. To, but we never made it that far because we couldn't get past the very first like boss. And throw my... a firebomb at him. You're good to go. <laughs> Take out a quarter of his health, and you just gotta tuck and roll. You'll be fine. I didn't know how to do anything. <laughs> And it was so frustrating, like you said, being uh, he's got two daughters. Okay. You don't ha- we don't have that time to figure it out. So that I think that kind of compound the rage is like we have a finite amount of time to figure this out because we only can play maybe half hour to an hour a night, if that, because oh. you know we have families and stuff. Yeah, so. of course. Yeah, Dark Souls, you need a good like three hour sit for like every session. That's why I don't have uh, Sekiro yet. Like, I really was really excited for that game, and I'm like, I just don't think I'm going to be able to play it. Like, I just got to say no to that one. Like, I mentioned earlier, there's just games I can't play. Pretty much anything from software, I can't do it anymore. I'd love to. They're, like, my favorite games ever. I think Dark Souls might is up there as one of the best games ever crafted in video game history, and mm-hmm. I can't touch it ever again. Are, are you well, familiar not ever, with ever, uh... but... You you will you'll get there once they start sleeping through the night more consistently and they get old enough to go have sleepovers with you know grandma grandpa or whatever sure. you'll get those times and have, have you are you familiar with uh, Prey the the newer one they came out with about a year or two ago I haven't, I haven't played it but I, I'm aware of it yeah that is one of those bigger games that you can sit down and keep picking up as a dad like. A lot of games, like Skyrim, I can't even think about how many times I've started over Skyrim since yeah. I've had kids. Sure. Or I'll play it for like, I'll get eight hours in in a month, and I'm like, okay, great. And then I'll pick it up for a month and go back. I'm like, well, I don't fucking remember anything I did. Start over. <laughs> Prey, Prey is made by, I, I always mess up saying Bethesda. I can't. Bethesda? The, yes. I cannot say it for whatever reason. It's like a mental block. <laughs> Haven't been able to say it my entire life, but they they helped make it, and it's so it's got that kind of look and feel. But it's a beautiful game. The story is amazing. I don't know why it's not didn't take off very well because it's it's got everything you like. It's on Game Pass right now, so I didn't even pay for it. But I would have paid sixty bucks easily for it, and you could I've set it down things. and pick just, it up. Yeah, that was me with uh with Red Dead Two. Like Red Dead Two, I think I played from pretty much like December through right before I played God of War. Cause I, I mean, it took me like three months to get through it almost three, four months. Cause I could just drop it whenever I wanted. And whenever I picked up, it was pretty clear like where I was. And like the second it started, the world building was just so good that I was like instantly involved with it again. And it's like, it's just a well-made game. And that really matters a lot when you only have a half hour to play before you crash on your couch. So it was nice. I never actually got around to playing Red Dead 2 because I know the multiplayer apparently is saturated with having to spend money, and yeah. I didn't want to do that. I am, I'm pretty much done with anything that involves microtransactions, which I was very disappointed when I started up MK11, and I'm like, 
Guys, three forms of currency? Are you fucking doing this again? Come on. Like, I know you, you mentioned before we started recording, like, what are the things that, like, just drive you nuts in a game? And having more than one type of currency and having them all for sale on the PlayStation Store is just, like, it's just basically a game that I spent fucking 90 bucks on. I bought the pristine edition, and then it just gives me the middle finger and says, give us more money. Come on. Like, come on, guys. Yeah. Um, so anything that you think we've missed that um, having a kid has changed your gaming that you think that we should talk about? I don't think so. I, I think the, the major thing was just kind of discovering like within myself to sound as pompous as possible how much gaming doesn't fully matter to me and how much uh, how much I was kind of wrong in the beginning to think that it was that much of my life um, and just letting it be more of a hobby in a way to kind of like just enjoy the downtime as opposed to something that I have to do every day uh, mm-hmm. I think has been wonderful and at some point I'll thank my son for letting me know that that's true. Um, I've already thanked my wife for it because just that alone was wonderful. I'm just like, oh, I can live my life and play games. I don't have to center everything around my console and I can go do things and enjoy them. And that's really been, I know it's kind of blasphemy on a video game podcast to talk about the greatest thing about being a dad in video games is not worrying about video games, but there is something kind of nice about it. Oh, I completely agree. Uh, I think, you know, I borderline almost ruined relationship because I didn't give up enough of it fast enough to dedicate time to where I needed to have it. So, and now that I've figured that out and it's, you know, it's kind of like, you know, uh, leaving something alone for a while, you going back to it. If you appreciate that time more, like you said, and it, I take my time on what I'm going to pick out, what I play, and I appreciate the time I got it. And like you said, I wouldn't have ever of learned to value my time and value what gaming has meant to me if it wasn't for my significant other and our kids. Um, and I I see things differently because I have them, and I appreciate games that I wouldn't have even taken the time to look at 15 years ago. Because yep. I was like, oh, I'm too old for this. I'm not going to fucking play a Mario game. Look at me. I'm fucking 16. I know everything. <laughs> so, and oh. I don't think it's blasphemy to to say the best thing about being a g- gaming dad is playing it less. Because I think that's <laughs> just being a smart and, you know, good person. I think yeah. that's what we should be. And if it's more important... Gaming should never be the most important thing in your life. It could definitely be a part of your identity, but it shouldn't be the thing that, you know, is what you have to be doing. Yeah, there, there's a there's a time... Uh, I've been listening to the, the Beyond podcast pretty much since it started. Like, I, I've always kind of enjoyed the guys at IGN. Faults as they have, but that's fine. For the most part, I think they're usually kind of entertaining guys. And I think it was Marty Scovel. I could be wrong. It might have been one of the other guys. But I remember, like, I want to say two, three years ago, they mentioned that their their gaming resolution for the year was to finish less games. So they just play them until they get tired of playing them and then move on and don't feel this obligation to finish everything. And I remember hearing that back. This was probably right around the time I started dating my wife, um, well before I had a son. And I remember hearing that going, that guy's out of his mind. Like, finish what you start, man. Like, you got to play every game. You got to do everything. And I think now being on the other side of all of, like, these huge, wonderful events in my life, I look at what he said. I'm like, 
oh no, he was right. Like, there's no reason that the game has to own you. Like, it, it's just, it is something that you're enjoying. And if you're not enjoying it, then stop. And like, I can't tell you how many games I've just trudged through the last like third of it going, this sucks, but I started it, so I have to finish it. Like, the, the number one game that always comes to mind is Remember Me. That game was a fucking mess. And it started out really good and fun, and then it just fell apart. And I'm like, no, I haven't. I have to finish it. And it's like, I just wasted, I don't even know how many hours. Probably only like four or five, but it was still like four or five hours I could have been doing something I enjoyed. I could have been baking. Like, I've been baking like crazy lately. I made two loaves of bread today. I could have done that. It was great. But instead, I'm like, no, I must finish the game I started. I'm out of my mind. Yeah, yeah, I I hundred percent agree to that, and uh, I hope that people who listen to this and are going to have kids take the advice sooner than I did, because you gotta have your priorities straight, and yeah. maybe play less, maybe play yeah. less, maybe it's not a bad idea. Yeah, if you're trying to aim for like twenty games a year, maybe ten, and you can actually spend time with those ten, because like there's. So many times, like, say that I'll just rush through a game and I'll skip half of it. Like, people worked on that half. And granted, like, I have friends in the gaming industry. Like, even uh, Nick from our uh, from Venture Bros, he works in the gaming industry. He worked in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. He's working on a game that he will not allow me to say on online in any way, shape, or form right now, even though I really want to. But he knows ah. these games. And he's like, I, he's like, I can tell you... This much is wonderful content, and this stuff over here is stuff that the publisher made us add in for padding. Like, so there's definitely you know give and take and everything, but at the same time, both of those things people worked on. So if you want to enjoy them, enjoy them. It's fine. You don't have to race to the next game. Like, take your time with it a little bit. And I think having the son and uh, the wife and the, the little bit more adult life has made me actually enjoy taking that time to finish games. Like a game like Horizon Zero Dawn which is a wonderful game, I would have sprinted through before because it would have been like, it's good, but I don't really know Alloy that well because they take a long time to introduce her, so I'm just going to kind of sprint through this thing and uh, whatever, robot dinosaurs. But since I was able to spend time with Alloy and with her dad before her dad died because I did every little thing I could, I was able to enjoy and feel that much more part of the world and feel like Alloy had things that were uh, like similar to me and I could relate to her as a character. And it's like... I loved everything about this. Had I not taken my time with it, it, it wouldn't have been as good of a game. So the one, uh, I don't call it life hack because it sounds like a dad thing to say because my dad says that now. Uh, he he literally said at lunch yesterday, I think that's what young people call a mic drop for, when he was talking about something. I was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, dad. Um, but my kind of like uh, way of feeding the addiction of video games, I guess, without playing them and wasting, like, family time is... I, I have a little bit of trouble sleeping. So, like, my girlfriend's usually asleep an hour or two before me, and I'll just be lying there, like, trying to fall asleep. And I have found streamers uh, or Twitch or YouTube that are playing games that I want to play, but either can't afford or just don't have the time to do it. And a lot of them will, you know, kind of serialize them and make sure they're going through each part, kind of like do a summary of what they did the stream before and keep going. So it's my way of, again, experience that that game I wanted to play, that art, because I, I really do love the art of video games. For sure. But not but taking time away from the other parts of my life. The interesting thing is, is uh, say, John, I'll bring him up again. Uh, he's been trying to get me to watch Twitch streamers for I, I can't even tell you how long. And I, I just, for some reason, I feel like I'm spoiling games for myself by watching somebody else play it. I just can't get that switch to turn off in my head. 
of like, no, I might play it at some point. I'm definitely not going to, but I might. Um, and then talking to you and now John, I've actually started watching more Twitch streamers. Just And I, I see the benefit of it. I, I get why people dig it. Especially, I, I can't remember any of their names right now because I'm really just scratching the surface of it. Um, but there is something nice about like Some of them are really good at narrating it. Some of it really make it entertaining. Especially for some of the games, like say on the Switch, that I just don't own and I don't know if I ever will. It's nice kind of experiencing them in one way or another. Especially since I'm never going to. Uh, quick plug for guys who have been on Damage Boost. Uh, Chari5 and D-Pad Gamer and Nathaniel Bandy, all great uh, Nintendo streamers that you should check out. I did watch some D-Pad after I listened to your episode with him. He he was great. Yeah, he's an awesome dude, by the way. He's a fellow cat dad. He doesn't have an <laughs> actual kid, but he has a he is uh, in love with his cat as I am with mine, and she's <laughs> actually trying to bite my feet right now. <laughs> oh shit. Um. So yeah, and. Uh, I I noticed you've never watched any of my streams. Just saying, I I have not. I'll be honest. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I really appreciate your time. Uh, I, this is actually a a subject that I don't get to talk about with anybody because you know, um, as dudes, we kind of don't talk about things as serious as this sometimes. And yeah. It feels good to get it out and maybe help other gamer dads who are trying to figure out how to balance it all. Yeah, basically just play games with your kid sleeps. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yeah, that's what it boils down, down to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, too long didn't read of it, if you need yep. it. <laughs> so, Oy. again, thank you, Brian. Uh, listen to After the Hype. Listen to the Venture yes. Brothers. Listen to Demon Days. Uh, Sam Wise, I'm hoping I'm not forgetting anybody because I love everybody on the network. They're all been so nice and just the absolute sweetest and most talented people I could work with. So uh, when when I just like we're changing up the format and after the hype, and I had to send out the message that uh, I, two of them will not be on every episode anymore. It was the hardest thing I've ever had oh. to do. Like the people I work with and that have joined me on this thing, yourself included, uh, it has been like the biggest joy of my life making this podcast network. And it's a small network. We don't have a ton of fans, but like the fans we do have are wonderful. And the people that I've been so fortunate to work with have just been like it, it's been the greatest thing. Like I love it so much. Uh, and you go to our website, you have Matt Dykes from uh, Leeds, England, who I found just because he wanted to listen to an episode about a Venture Brothers show, then just reached out to say, hey, I liked your stuff. And now he works for us. Like, it's just been, <laughs> it, it's been the most wonderful thing ever. Like, I, I can't stress it enough. And you are very much included in that. Like, Venture Brothers would not work nearly as well without you doing notes for us. And you'll even hear Graham say it in almost every time he has to do a breakout. I'm just going to read what Brock wrote. Because <laughs> that's just him you know going... That- I can't do this, but Brock can. Whenever uh, uh, people ask me what I do, I, I mention you know my, my main job, and then I'm like, I do research for this podcast because you know, honestly, like I love what I do for a living. But what I'm most proud of is working with you know this network and yeah. you know, specifically the Venture Brothers because that show got me through some rough times. Just like I would literally slap on the commentary tracks. Uh, with Doc Cameron and Jackson, and just like listen to them, like be the chillest dudes in the world, and you know, so it, like an extension of that, bringing allowing me to meet you guys and do this work has been an amazing experience. 
I mean, there's been a million reasons that I've said Venture Brothers is the best show on TV, and I will continue to say that. And it's like, look at how much extra joy it's brought into my life now. Like, there's, I can never shut up about Venture Brothers until I run out of episodes, which is going to be sometime in January, where I'll be very sad. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, listen to After the Hype. It's great. Brian's a great dude. Listen to everything he does. Uh, Please, so thank you people. very, very much. Uh, the only other thing that I, I will say is uh, thank you. Like, thank you for doing this. This has been wonderful. And everything you've done on Venture Bros has been just the best. So thank you very much. I don't, I, I, I told you earlier, I don't take compliments well, but it does mean a lot. So I, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure this you. will come off super awkward <laughs> <laughs> when I'm replying to it. But you know what? That's, I hope that's my charm. That's the only way I get, could get girls was by being really awkward and sad. So how Dean Venture of you. Thank you. Old school Dean Venture. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate it. Have a yes. great day. All right. Thank you. You too.